We've all been hurt. We all have scars. And through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can all overcome and we can all be healed. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. This segment of Healing Scars with Pastor Burton is brought to you by Scars and Stripes Coffee, premium coffee that directly empowers the life of a veteran. Get yours today at www.ss.coffee forward slash rominger. That's www.ss.coffee forward slash R-O-M-I-N-G-E-R. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Just a reminder, if you have a prayer request or any other needs, uh, feel free to reach out to us uh, anytime. You can find us on the web at bethelightsanctuary.org, or you can connect with us on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. Um, And of course, if uh, you're looking to make a donation to the podcast, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash healing scars. Uh, and, of course, any amount, even just a dollar, is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for that support. Um, so we're just going to dive right in here. Um, now, there are certain things that, as Christians, we should know. These are things that should be taught to us um, from the very beginning. And, and what we're going to be looking at is something that, sadly, many Christians don't know. And we're going to be looking at the Great Commission. Um we're also going to be looking at something else. We're going to hold on to that until later on so we can see how it all ties in. But um, before we dive into the scripture and see what the word has for us today um, and see what it is, I'm going to share some information with you. This combined with our Bible study today will paint a really good picture of why this is so alarming that so many professing Christians don't even know uh, what the Great Commission is. So, um, a study was done by the Barna Group and Seed Company specifically to find out how well Christians know about the Great Commission. And in the report, they say, and, and I'm quoting here uh, from the, from their site uh, where they released the report, it says, uh, when asked if they had previously heard of the Great Commission, half of U.S. churchgoers, 51%, say they do not know this term. It would be reassuring to assume that the other half who know the term uh, are also actually familiar with the passage uh, known by this name. But that proportion is low, 17%. Meanwhile, the Great Commission does ring a bell for one in four, 25%, though they can't remember what it is. 6% of churchgoers are simply not sure whether they have heard this term, the Great Commission, before. All right. That's a lot, and those are some pretty scary numbers. Now, these numbers, they're a clear sign of a failure in the church by church leaders and by older Christians who just assume that younger Christians know what they know. Uh, Now, this is proven further in the study as the younger the Christian is, the less likely they are to know about the, the Great Commission. It's not being passed on. And at least here with this ministry, we're going to remedy that right now. So we already know, and if you don't, you better be taking some notes. There, There is 
a prerequisite to being a Christian, and only one, and that is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In John 14, verse 6, the Bible tells us, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the only entry point to the Father. By being a follower and a believer of Jesus, we are united with God. And by being our way to him, we know we need to do as he tells us as well. And the Great Commission is one of those things we've been told we need to carry out. So what is the Great Commission? Well, to answer that, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 20. So in Matthew 28, picking up in uh, verse 16, like I said, going through 20, the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. All right. Um, side note here. You did notice it says the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So it's talking about the Trinity right there. So if anybody ever says, hey, the Trinity is not biblical, it's not there, here's your proof. Refer them to this because it's right there. All right. Now, going on. So to be clear, the Great Commission is a command, an instruction, an assignment, or a duty to see to this mission. Yeah, you heard right. We, we've all been given a mission by Jesus. Now, to really drive it home, these were his last words. You know, have you, have you ever wondered why a person's dying words, you know, their 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 their, their final words or their, their 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 final wish was so important? Well, here you go. This is it right here. You know, this uh this wasn't that that whole theatrical, oh, tell my wife and my kids that I love them. No, this was very real, and, and basically Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? You have work to do. Go be about it. And the disciples were told to go and make more disciples, to baptize them and to teach them, to spread the word of God, and to continue to save people from the darkness. This is a mission given to all disciples, a.k.a. Christians. All right, now, uh, this is this is no small task, obviously. Um, you know, if, if we go back to uh, Matthew chapter 10, and we look at verses 5 through 6, we see that previously his disciples, they were only sent to the Jews. So in, in Matthew 10, verses 5 through 6, the Bible says, These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. So just reading that, we, we see clearly that Jesus was doing things and everything was being done in pieces. 
Not all at once, but in bite-sized pieces. It's building up. The ground had to be laid out first, the foundation, if you will. So the mission started with only going to the Jews. It wasn't until Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, that now the mission of the disciples became worldwide. Uh, the mission needed a starting point. All right. So why did Jesus want them to go to the Jews first? Well, let's look at Romans chapter 1. Um, so Romans chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 17. And the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from the first to the last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So, you see, the Jews were God's special people for over, 20, uh, for over 2,000 years. So, you know, it's, it's not because they were special, um, you know, in... in like you know, like they they were they were favorites or anything like that, uh, and they weren't special, you know, um, you know, like us Marines, you know, eating our crayons or anything. No, see, they were special because he wanted to show his love and his mercy to them, so that the Jewish people would, in return, be an example of that love and mercy toward others. He wasn't playing favorites. Rather, he was empowering them so they could go tell the world about his plan for salvation. Then, after Jesus had risen, the Gentiles were the next phase of that mission. See, the disciples, they were trained at home, then sent to the world. That's why the Jews were the first people they were sent to. That was home. See, it's, it's just like the military. First you're trained at home, and then you're sent into the world. Alright, so the Bible and the Great Commission, let me remind you, these are for everyone. Everyone. All races, all sexes, um, nationalities, ages, um, the rich, the poor. Um, you know, we, we see this again and again. Uh, Genesis 12, Isaiah 25 and 56, Malachi 1, Acts 10, Romans uh, 3, Galatians 3. Um, it's, 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 it's so ingrained in the Bible. The Bible makes it clear that the word is for all, everyone, every single person. Even that jerk at work, even the down and out asking for money, even that corrupt politician, um, you know, it, it, it's for everyone. Now, Let's turn to Mark 16. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 16. So in Mark 16, verses 15 through 16, the Bible says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. See, Works won't get you into heaven. We know this. Jesus made it clear that just like in the book of Haggai, 
Christians, that's us, you and me, all of us, Christians are to work, and we are to spread uh, the gospel to everyone. We're to spread the word of God to everyone. Uh, again, this second mission of going into the world is a mission that the disciples were charged to carry out, and we inherited the moment we became Christians, the moment we became disciples. All right? uh, and this was a command given by Jesus so that others may be saved. Now, you need to ask yourself, what are you doing to ensure this task is carried out, to, to see to the salvation of others? All right? Um, definitely something to write down and something to reflect on. Now, let's turn to James uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 22 through 25. So that's James 1. Um, in James 1, verses 22 through 25, the Bible says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Some strong word right there. So understand this, this is a call to action. It's not sitting in a house of worship once or twice a week, just listening to the preacher. See, that, that's just where we go to get our manna, all right? That's where we get filled by God. Um, you know, topped off, if you will, recharged. See, we're called to get up off of our rear ends and go to everyone to teach them, to give them the chance to decide if they want a relationship with God. There is more to being a Christian than just believing in Christ. This is where you look yourself in the mirror and you ask, if you were tried for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would there? Now, now that we've cleared that up, let's look at the second part of today's message, which is choice. All right. Basically, carrying out the mission and how we, as a church, often mess this part up as well. So we're answering the call. All right. Have you ever had this? Let's put, let's put this in some perspective. Okay. Um, have you ever had someone ask if you've seen a movie and you tell them, nope, sure haven't. And, and so they proceed to tell you the names of the various actors that are in it. Like that's going to make a difference. They're like, yeah, you know, the one with that guy from that other movie and Kevin Bacon and Tom Hanks, um, you know, my, my, my younger brother is really, really bad about this. You know, like n naming off everyone who's in it, like that's going to make a difference whether I've seen it or not. You know, and even though I tell him, you know, hey, it doesn't tell me anything about the movie. What's the movie even about? 
you know, he, he, he gets frustrated. He gets upset with me and he continues in the most futile effort. And not only is he naming off the actors that are in it, like that's going to make a difference, but then he starts naming the other movies that all these other actors have been in, in the past, like that's going to do even more to change my mind about whether or not I've seen this particular movie or not. And, and it, it, it's, it really is. It's futile. It is one of the biggest acts in futility out there. Um, you know, and sometimes as Christians, we do the same sort of thing. You know, just just like with the Great Commission and assuming that a young Christian automatically knows all about it and everything that's in the Bible, we go out and we shove Bible verse after verse after verse and events and, you know, biblical people um, and, and commandments, you know, at, at other people and expect them just to suddenly be saved and know the word from cover to cover. You know, basically we're, we're forcing a hard sell on them. And do you know who likes a hard sell? Absolutely nobody. Even the people who use them, you know, like the, the used car salesmen, um, they're, you know, they don't even like it. Now, we are our own worst enemy when we do this. We, as a church, turn people away from the church because we don't even give them a chance to choose, let alone decide if they even want to walk in the light of the Lord. You know, if they want to pursue that relationship, we, we basically use force to try to get them to come around to the choice that we have already made for ourselves. It's like when someone tells you you want to do something Instead of asking you to do something. Um, for example, uh, my mother-in-law, she will not ask anyone for anything. Instead, she'll say, you want to get me some water. You want to take me to the commissary. You know, the, the intent there is for there to be a choice, but the delivery is far from it. Now, now in my mother-in-law's case, you know, God bless her, you have to remember English is not her native tongue. Um, but, but the point is the same, you know, and, and even as parents, we do the same thing, you know, to our children, you know, um, good example, basketball runs deep, um, in my family on my dad's side and it was crammed down my throat growing up and I resented it then. Um, you know, I, I had to go to the summer camp, the whole bit, um, what, my freshman year, I tried out for the basketball team and I purposely flubbed it just to make sure that, uh. Uh, I wasn't going to make it to the team, and the coach even called me out on it. You know, and I, I resented it then, and to this day, to this day, uh, I will tell you, I cannot stand basketball. Cannot stand it. Um, you know, and, and those people who've had to participate in a mandatory fun day, you know, in the military, um, you know, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is there is a distinct difference between volunteering for something. And being voluntold, you know, and, and people, people need to be able to volunteer. They need to have that choice. So now let's turn to John chapter 15, and we're going to be looking specifically at verse 16. All right. So John 15, verse 16, the Bible says, you are 
did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So there are two decisions here. Jesus made the first choice. The choice to love and to die for us. To invite us to live with him forever. The, and then we, we get to make the second choice. Either to accept or to reject his invitation. The key in both of these, though, is choice. He chose. We choose individually. And we must allow others to choose for themselves. We can't force anyone. God didn't force us to choose. And we shouldn't force others to choose either. Do we want them to? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not our choice to make. It's theirs. The Great Commission calls and charges us with uniting, baptizing, and teaching. And there's nothing wrong with being passionate. You can be passionate. So don't get me wrong there. All right. Uh, but don't be, don't get aggressive. All right. Don't get arrogant. When people are backed into a corner, what happens? They go into that fight or flight. You, you, you don't want to run the risk um, of, of them going to, into flight mode and staying lost. You don't want to push them into anger either. Remember that resentment I was talking about a minute ago? So your actions can cause just as much damage, if not more, to losing a soul for his kingdom as your inaction. All right, I'm going to say that again. Your actions can cause just as much damage as your inaction. So instead, plant the seed and then leave it to grow. So turn to Matthew 13 now. Um, we're going to be looking at verses 31 through 32. In Matthew 13, verses 31 through 32, uh, the Bible says, He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows... It is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch on its branches. Jesus used this parable to explain that his kingdom comes from that seed. See, and while sm uh, small and you know, seemingly insignificant, each seed that grows turns into something absolutely awesome absolutely tremendous we need to stop we need to stop expecting people to have great faith right out the gate and to remember that most of us started with just a mustard seed of faith that has now grown 
to where we are today. And through his word, we continue to grow. Not only that, but we're all at different points in our walks. So we can't force others to grow any more than we can force a seed to grow. Keep this all in mind. Keep these things in mind. As you move forward uh, from here on out in your daily walk and you interact with people. Thank you for tuning in to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. Or you can visit our website at BeTheLightSanctuary.org. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. God bless.